0: That now we believe. We believe the report of the Bible. We believe that Jesus is the truly the Son of the living God. We believe that He was born of the Virgin Mary, and suffered on a pilot, was crucified, buried, buried, rose the third day, ascended to the right hand of His Majesty tonight, making intercessions upon our confession. And we love Him with all of our hearts. Father, we take His words and said that we could ask you anything in His name, it would be done. And the first we want to do is to thank You for Your goodness to us through this day. Many, Lord, have come to meet you today from all of this world. Many in peace and many in disgrace. Father, we pray tonight if any here that maybe would go to meet you tomorrow in disgrace, may it be changed tonight and may it come. And confess their wrongs, and we are not willing that any should perish, but that all might come through repentance. Blessed you the your part of this service, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm happy to be back with you again this evening, with the blessed old Bible open, and the treasure of our hearts, is to open the Bible, and to teach from the Word of God the best that I know how. By the way, someone was telling me we ought to offer prayer again for some brother, Alan, this is the rest it, I think again today, to so and back in jail again. So the Brother Jack Cole was in
1: jail down in Miami last week, you heard of that, I guess. And we're just having a lot of the jail experiences with our, with our brethren. So while we're here, let's just offer a word of prayer for those brethren. Heavenly Father, thou knowest all things. We don't even know what the charges is on Mr. Allen, but thou know us all about it. Whatever it is, Lord, if it's his fault, forgive him, and if it's the law, forgive them, Father. May the gospel have remnants everywhere. Bless Brother Cole, Lord. We understand what his was, taking the braces from the child's legs. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that even that mother and father, they might not be discouraged But Father, let them come and know that God still lives and reigns and can do the work supremely. I pray that you'll help Brother Cole and strengthen him in Jesus' name. Amen. I know if it was me in trouble, I'd want somebody to pray with me to pray for me. Now we're very happy for the privilege that we have a meeting here during the time of this marvelous fellowship and with the. This chapter, the full gospel businessman, Brother Peterson here at the church, and the many other brethren who are present, we are very happy to be in here with you. And only thing, you sure got some cold weather up here. I, I tell the people when we go way down south, I said, oh, you all just can't take it. I said, we northerners, and I get up here, I nearly freeze to death. You really got it nice and cool up here. <laughs> so that's, I'd rather have it cold than hot, oh, I can't stand hot weather. Never did like hot weather. So now, the Lord willing, next week we go over to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and from there to from there to New Orleans to Brother Gail Jackson for two nights. Back up to Three-Ports for three nights, and from there over to Raymond Riches that's Houston, Texas, for two nights, and from there to Mexico City, Old Mexico. That's our first healing campaign. These are all preaching services. Our first healing campaign starts then in Mexico City, Old Mexico, under the new vision. We just, that was what the vision spoke. So you see it in, as we, Brother Joseph will be over a few nights with some magazines and has got it written out so that you'll understand it more thoroughly. And Then from there we come back to Chicago from April the third to the eighth, eleventh. We start at Spindale, South Carolina and or North Carolina I believe it is, from there to Columbia, from Columbia on to Charlotte, and from there to Anchorage, Alaska. And then back to begin in the big new tent seating fifteen thousand people, new vans and things to be on, to pitch our tent in places to stay from from three to four and up to six weeks at a time before we move the tent. Just stay there till it's over, so God says it's finished. Then this fall, Brother Arch right, inviting them to Brother Moore, the reason or not you're now arranging an itinerary for South Africa and India and so forth for this coming fall, Lord willing. I just believe that we're on the brink of one of the greatest outpourings of the Holy Spirit we've ever had. The Lord willing, I want to speak on that tomorrow night, the Seventh Junction, and try to bring your friends out as pertaining to the coming of the Lord. Wednesday night, the Lord willing, I want to speak on what is the unforgiving sin. And um, be sure to try to get out tomorrow night and bring uh, folks along who believe in the, that the Lord's coming is near at hand. Uh, my subject will be the Seventh Junction So for tomorrow night. Tonight I want to speak on a subject that seems very close to me, and nowadays we're reasoning. I'm trying to get, we need inside healing before we can have outside healing. I know that to be true. From the dealing with the people, we'll have physical healing all right. We'll, that'll take care of itself, but first we want to have the inside Healing. No matter how much we, how loyal we try to be, and how much that we try to think that Christ is with us, which He is, but yet it has something, the healing has something to do with the absolutely with the individual that's being prayed for has to have faith themselves, or it will not take place, unless it's a vision sent for an individual case that, that God has in His. Foreknowledge has ordained it to be so when you heard, and know of those things. But even in Christ's time, when He was here on earth, the Son of God, it was according to their faith, unless the Father had showed Him. Remember the blind man and the different ones? If thou canst believe, if thou believest, all things are possible. Uh, if thou canst believe, and so forth like that is always based upon the faith of the individual. Then today the church is in such a turmoil. Oh my I hate to think of it, but it's the truth. We're, the church is in a terrible turmoil. I mean universally speaking. Everywhere you go it seems like it there's just everything going on. So what we need is an inside healing of a real fundamental faith in Christ Jesus then the outside will just automatically take place. Then when the healing starts for the physical healing, it'll begin from the inside going out, and then something will take place. It'll be lasting and something that'll be real. And I took it upon myself while I was waiting for the tent to be to be made that I would uh, do this. And thinking of terms of the tent and all this great expense and you see in the vision, why I left the field because I I went $15,000 in debt in a meeting before I would beg the people for money. I wouldn't do it. I I made a promise to God, and I wouldn't do it, and I come off the field, and now turning right back around, after Owen being in debt, now $15,000 in California, I'm borrowing $100,000 to go with this tent. (laughs) That means I I believe what I'm talking about. It's, It's from the Lord. It's from the Lord. And the good thing about it, a real good friend, rich man, but a servant of the Lord, said, Brother Branham, I'll let you have it without one penny interest. don't have to pay nothing back but just the real uh, what you borrow. You don't have to pay any interest on it. Well, that was wonderful See, I said, Thank you, Lord. I know you're moving right along. And now, say, I'd like to pitch that pen out here some more, out here for about six weeks, and right here in Twin Cities, and and have about a six-week revival with every church, just lay down your barriers now and your differences. and Wouldn't that be marvelous to come in and shake hands with one another and not just have a prayer for a person, then when the enemy comes back to attack them, bring them right back again. That's the thing to do. Stay right there until it's over. And just make it night after night after night for four to six weeks or something like that until God says, all right, I'm finished now elsewhere. That would be the kind of revival that I had. I've often wondered what it would produce. Each night it's always gaining in momentum, and I just wonder what it would do to stay long enough. And to wonder just how this taken place. And I had it all fixed up and was going to go to Phoenix for my first meeting because I kind of halfway promised the pitch hit for Brother Robert uh, out there while he was going to Australia, and while I was low in the making there. Well, Mr. Allen came in and he just wasn't going to believe until up in March. And I'd forgot about what the vision said. It was dark people in another country and so forth. And then Mr. Allen taking the place said, Well, you want to come anyhow? Mr. Allen's going to stay. And I said, Oh, no. Uh-uh. No, not if Brother Allen is there. There's no need of two of us being there at the same time. And then about two days after that, the Lord revealed to me and said, I never told you to go to Phoenix, that vision. It was the most dark people in all Mexico. Oh, well, praise the Lord! Just exactly, you know, God—he is sovereign. Grace will override our mistakes and our ignorance. Don't you believe that? Well, praise His name. We love Him tonight, and just a small group of us in the church tonight, but we gathered for this purpose for the benefit of lost souls and the kingdom of God. Now, a chosen for a subject denieth. The hidden life. And I want to read for some scripture reading tonight, found in Hebrews the fifth chapter, beginning about the nineteenth verse. And I'll read this Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holy by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He has consecrated for us the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that has promised. May the Lord add his blessings to reading of his word. Now, the reason that I like to speak on this tonight is this reason. Last evening we were speaking on fellowship. Did you enjoy that? Getting into the fellowship. Now, I'm not a, a teacher or a pre, very much of a preacher because I'm not educated. But I do see what the need is, and I'm trying to strike at it the best that I can, and I'm, I pray to you all will suffer me, or stay with me anyhow, and uh, put up with it for a little while, that I'm trying to strike at a certain thing here to take place before we can even have a healing service. And we've got to get these things out of the road, and then we can continue on in the services. But now, last night I was trying to explain that there's only one way. That we can ever have fellowship. And that is not through our churches or not through our denominations, not through education, not through any other thing, but solely through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way that man can be reconciled to God through the great work of reconciliation. And the only way that I could take it was go back into the Old Testament and type it in the new, because I'm kind of a typologist. The reason I do that is the lack of education. And I find out what the Old Testament was, which was a shadow or a type of the new, then I know what the shadow looks like, and I see it, the antitype over here, and the spirit between both bears record, and that's how I come to, how only way I can teach the Bible. Some people are smart and shrewd, they can pick up Greek words and so forth, and it's all speaking in tongues to me because I certainly wouldn't know. But as long as I can uh, know these types and shadows and place them together, surely that God, by the help of the Holy Spirit, is my solemn trust that he'll make and reveal it so that even babies will be able to understand these little children here, which will be the men and women of tomorrow, if there is a tomorrow. And now to get a picture of this that I'm fixing to speak of tonight, hidden life with Christ, I find it most necessary today that men and women uh, find out what's the matter. Now, I say this humbly with all my heart, and surely I've been here in Minneapolis enough and to you know that I, if I am deceitful, I don't mean to be. That's not my heart. I never mean to be deceitful. I, want, I love people, and I like to talk to people, and sometimes I might not be able to express the way I feel, but I, I hope you receive it in the way that I feel if I don't express it right. And I I feel that in the day that we're living that there is a great need among Christian people that they seem to want something that they're not able to get. And seeing that and having experience of what I'm speaking of, then I thought it most surely would be a good thing for me to try to explain uh, in my humble way so that you can join in and share in this great thing that Christ has purchased for us at Calvary. Now, it all comes through the Atonement. Every blessing that we have comes through the Atonement. We cannot teach any blessings outside of the Atonement. Healing and everything else must come through the Atonement, because he died to redeem us from the curse that was put on us by Adam's sin. And any time when you deal with the word S-I-N, you have to deal with every attribute that goes with it. You cannot preach salvation to the soul without preaching bodily healing. You just can't do it. You can't cut the Bible up like that, because it will—it's inseparable. The same man died at the cross. He was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes we were healed the same day, the blood from the same veins. See? So you do, it's inseparable. So a fellow said to me not long ago, he said, Well, Brother Branham, are you preaching divine healing by the Atonement? He said, Well, I can prove to you that's gone. And I said, Well, what do you mean, uh, out of the Atonement? He said, Sure. He said, What Isaiah said, he took our infirmities in. I said, That's right. With his stripes through healed. He said, Now, in Matthew 8, Jesus Healed the people that come to him that evening, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, he took our infirmity." I said, then you apply that time there to the atonement which was speaking of? Well, I said, if that be the truth, then the atonement had more power before it come in force than did it when the blood of Jesus was shed, and that was a year and six months before he died. Then how could it be applied there to the atonement when it was a year and six months before the atonement was ever made? So, you see, uh, the argument of that just doesn't stand. But we're not to argue. We are to preach the Word, and God will have somebody that will hear it and receive it. it. Those who Jesus died to hear the Word, they'll hear it. Did you ever think of that? Now, stop here just for a moment and realize I'm facing clergymen and smart man? But I would like to say this know that I. I believe this and know it, Jesus never went to the cross and died for some haphazard affair. Perhaps maybe somebody might feel sorry because he died, and and so they come and get saved. God doesn't run his business like that. God runs his business by foreknowledge, knowing before the world was ever formed who was his, his own. We were—in God's foreknowledge, we were— before the foundation of the world, and Jesus come to die for those who God by foreknowledge had elected. That's right. And when that last one, that's the reason we're having revivals through America, pulling with the nets everywhere and trying to stain out and stain out. That's ministers. But when the last ones tuck out, that's all of them. See? when well, the rest of them, they—we throw a net and gather people, and they come in, and then the first thing you know, they get off and gone. and and God said when the trials come we couldn't stand chastisement, we were illegitimate children and wasn't the children of God. But I believe any man or woman that's ever truly been born of the Spirit of God has no more desire of sin in his life and never will have. That's right. Because the sin question settles forever. You become a creature, a new creature, a new creation. Your whole appetites and everything else has changed. Now we find people along the road here. In this Christian experience, many of them find people who just simply can't seem like grasp on to the things. Just, they're their ups and down. One day you find them, they're on a the housetop just praising God, and the next day you find them, they're all down in the, what we call, the accused expression, down in the dump. Way down, low ebb, don't know where they're standing, don't even know whether they're saved or not. The next day they're pretty good shape. Maybe a week or two later you find them back the same shape again. I just wonder about those people. I found them in healing services. I've seen people come to the platform totally blind and come and take they're being prayed for and being healed and read the Bible, walk down there and praising God and meet them in six months and be just as blind as it was in the first place. John Church, a man who wrote an awful article in his book, you holding people, about me and a man. I don't see why a smart man like that would ever say such. He said, I don't even know, Mr. Brand, and then write about me. Even the law says we have a law that we have to hear a man before we can judge him. So he's not even as good as the law is doing. So we have a better dispensation than that. But he said, I don't even know the man, but here's the reason I know he's a fake. He said, because he, I met a man that said he was sitting in a meeting one time in a large stadium, an auditorium, and said, Mr. Branham never knew me, but he called and said, sir, you're suffering with the prostrate trouble up there, and thus saith the Lord, you're healed. And he said, I asked the man, was you he healed? He said, I was perfectly well for a year. He said, then he come back on me again. He said, that proves that Mr. Branham is a fake. Well, I thought Mr. Church up on Silver Hills, there where you had your meeting every year—and all those people you get up there and claim sanctification. The next year you come back, and they have to all be sanctified over again. I guess it was a fake then, when you when they first said it. Now, no divine healing is just as as strong as your faith is, and just as lasting as your faith is. Reverend Nicholson, Christian businessman, was down the other day taking testimonies there in the city and taking pictures of people who had been healed by divine healing anywhere. I mean cancers and dying cases that have been healed for years and years and years and years and were still holding out. 14, 15 years ago when they were prayed for, still healthy. in some of them on the dead list in the hospital and, and Louisville on the cancer clinic over there. They died 14, 15 years ago, and here they are living just as healthy as they can be. Go over and examine the cases books over there and find out they died fifteen years ago with cancer, and here they are now just well as they can be fifteen years afterwards. It depends on where your faith stands. <laughs> your salvation is good as long as your confession is good. But when your confession drops, then your salvation's gone. Or he is a high priest, sitting at the right hand of God to make intercessions on your confession. That's what happens. So I wonder why it is then with salvation and healing also that people become at this low end. Now, I want to say that the reason of it is, I believe I can explain it to you if you'll be reverent and listen closely now. In the Bible, taking it from an Old Testament standpoint of view for many years ago in the wilderness when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, which is the type of the world, and in their journey... Is a type of the journey today that we're in. They were on their road to the promised land, and we are on our road to the promised land. You believe that? God is taking us out of Egypt. Egypt was a type of the world, bondage and slavery. And He's brought us up out of Egypt, and we're on our way to God's promised land for the believer. Isn't it wonderful to know that we're in the journey tonight? And notice, in the journey now, they didn't have things rosy. They had their ups and downs and troubles and backslidings, and, but still they went on to the promised land. you notice in there some of them grumbled and some murmured? They've seen visions and so forth, and God brought down miraculous miracles and done mighty works in their midst. And just as soon as the trials come on, they forgot all about it, went to grumbling and murmuring again. Very picture of the church today in the status it stands in now. <coughs> Notice how. That God gave a a picture there, then, we'll have to take in the tabernacle to make this proof of it. Now we find out the tabernacle was the worship place. We come to that last night. The only place, the only common ground that God met with the people was at the tabernacle under the shed blood. And now there was three different courts or places in the tabernacle that I want to draw your attention to. And one of them was the outer court, the court, then the, the altar, which was the holy place, and then the holy of holy, where only the high priest went once a year, and no one dared to follow him behind that holy place. Now, if we'll notice how that the furniture and so forth was placed in those those places, represents the dispensations that we have lived in since the Dark Age, or the coming out of the Church and the continuation of its journey. Now, the outer courts represented justification, the which was there, water baptism, the lavers set out there were the—it was washed before they ministered. And the altar represented the sacrifice placed. Where the the punishment was put, or expelled, for the judgment was placed upon the the sacrifice and the brazing altar and brass, feet of divine judgment. The brass serpent in the wilderness spoke of divine judgment. The serpent being uh, sin already judged in the garden of Eden and brass spoke of divine judgment. <coughs> Pardon me, like the brazing altar where the Sacrifice was burned. Then, in there, they had seven golden candlesticks. Then, or seven pronged lamp, rather. But in the inside, behind the veil, there was an ark, and in the ark was the the tablets, the Ten Commandments, as we call them, and that was represented the human heart how God promised in the days gone by that in this day that he would write his laws not upon tables of stone but up on the heart. He had placed the law in the heart. Ezekiel spoke of it, and the prophets all spoke to how that God would do that in the days coming, which was a tithe, but the high priest, once going into this Holy of Holy said, and the curtains dropped soundproof, he was shut off from the things of the world. No one could see him, he was hid away. Through the Lutheran age came forth the just shall live by faith, the outer court. Along come the Methodist age, the sanctification age they call the second definite work of grace, which come in in that age. And there's the altar age, and then in the last days, the restoration of the Holy Spirit, the hidden life, and I'm sure right here's where the trouble lays. I want you to see it. Right here's where the trouble lays with the church today coming from. can deviate between the altar and the holies of holies, in there's where the place where the church ought to be, and there's too many of them still on the outside. Out there, instead of being in here, that's the reason we have our days that we have and the lack of faith that we have, when the church should be in its last age, its last dispensation. I believe we're living at the turn of time. God helps tomorrow, not, I'll prove that by the Bible. Word by word that we're living in the shadows of the coming of the Son of God right now. Right now. Just watch how the Scripture will prove it. Without a shadow of doubt, even the things that have taken place is a scientific proof that we're at the end time. Might be any time. And here the church is still dilly-dallying outside here. Now there's something wrong. What it is, we notice also in this inner place, this veil in behind where Aaron went and the the dropped behind him in there was a pot of manna kept in a golden pot that set down by the by the ark. Now remember that same manna was laying out on the grounds also, and we find out now that this ark, being a type of the human heart. And the heart is deceitful. That's where people fail today because they get a head religion instead of a heart religion. I don't mean to be rude, but there's the reason today that these great men, Billy Graham from Minneapolis, here, Jack Schuler from, and many of the other great men across the nations today, which are God's servants. But what we ought to have when the people is opened up and begin to come to receive Christ, we ought to have a real, living, our ball church to bring those people to. I believe with all my heart that Billy Graham and those men are God's man of the hour for the message that we're packing—they're packing, rather, with a great inspiration. They don't perform miracles. They were the forerunning of the coming of Jesus Christ. As John was, John never performed a miracle, but he preached the gospel that shook all the nations. See? But he never performed miracles. But Jesus came behind, not so much as a preacher, but performing miracles to prove that God omnipotent still reigns, and he lives. And today, what a pity that people have. A mental conception of the gospel, or I would say an intellectual faith, instead of a living, true faith in God. Here, not long ago, in the city where I just come from, across the river, Louisville, Kentucky, there was a young lady who went into a church, a famous church there, and she was a good woman, and she would have played the piano, but I always doubted her experience with Christ of being born again. But she was a good moral woman, as far as we knew. There was a boy she went with there, and his first name was John, so she married John, and they she continued on. But after a while, John's work called him out into another city, and while he was out there, she took taken her paper from—letter from one church to the other, and in this church, it wasn't spiritual as the church where her uncle was pastor, a very spiritual man, so she began to— dally around out there with the rest of the women, and that's what's the wrong with our country today, with our churches, one trying to copy after the other, and they sit set with their head in televisions and things and try to impersonate or copy after some filthy thing they've seen on the television, and then bring it into the Church of the Living God. And sainted women and men do the same thing, or claim to be sainted. And here, that's one of the reasons that you can't go on. You can't mix oil and water. It won't work. How are you going to believe supernatural? How are you going to get anywhere when you're mingling with the world? And the Bible said, If you love the world, all the things of the world will love us. God's right even in you. Amen. Now, that may rub just a little bit, but it'll do you good. Think of it! Brother, we've got to meet Christ in judgment someday. Well, on to the man who'll stand behind the pulpit and use his influence to flatter some people instead of preach the gospel like God said to do it. Got to be told the truth. That's what we need today is more of the truth being brought out in its light. But this woman she went along and the ladies all in that church wore these old, scandal clothes, shorts to get out and mow the yard in, she started doing it her. Dad and them rebuked her, but that didn't do no good, she as good as the rest of them. She said to my sisters, does it, why can't I? Well, the first thing you know, found herself smoking cigarettes, the rest of them did it. So why couldn't she see the very fact prove that she wasn't what she was supposed to be, or she wouldn't have done that? Oh, that does go way down deep home. But that's right. Then I notice the Bible said, By their fruits you shall know them, and that's the Whole thing. If you notice, then she started, then she was uh, started doing one thing and another. After a while, there was a little slicker moved into the neighborhood. There was real wavy hair, and she fell in love with him, he, another woman's husband. And the first thing they'd get back there, she'd put on her little clothes and mow the backyard just when he come in. What she are at him for? Not to appear before God, but to appear before man. And she got out there in the morning yard, and the first thing that happened up to, a good night kiss across the fence of a night. And after a while, she found herself leaving her husband. She married this man. While any woman's got common sense, ought to know if he had run away from one wife, he'd run away from another. So the next woman come along, had to live with her a little while, he took off with another, and she married another. All right, continuing on, playing the piano in the church, just the same. The rest of them did it, so why couldn't she? So it went on and on and on. And after a while, this man left her, so she took up with a common law husband. Now the woman went, the man minister there went and talked to her. She said, I'm all right. And come to find out that her sins found her out. And after a while, she went out, she began to have pains low. She went out to the doctor and examined her, found it in the female organ. She had a malignancy that was done too far advanced for operation. Said, prepare for death. Nothing could be done. She went to a better doctor over to a clinic. They said the same thing, you're dying. So it happened to be the pastor in our church was uh, from the same denomination this woman was from. So he went over to see her, said, if I can get her to surrender to Christ, I'll have Brother Branham go over and pray for her. When he went to see her, did she she just bawled him out for everything she was worried. She said, I'll give you to understand, I never sent for you. And she said, I'm just as good as you are. He said, Lady, that's not it. Smoking one cigarette after the other, he said, you mean to tell me I know your church and I'm not Asbury myself. said, we don't believe in such things as that. She said, I'm saved and I'm just as good as you are. See, what was it? She had grieved the Holy Spirit from her. And the Bible said, the soul that sinneth, that disbelieveth, that soul shall die. That means—death means separation. If I die now, I'd separate from you, but not from God. You'd separate from your friends, but you'll always be in the presence of God. Separation. And her soul had separated from her. Now there's such a thing as in the heart. The soul lives in the heart, and you believe from your heart. People don't get religion in their head by book knowledge, you get religion in the heart by an experience, in the heart, and the heart will always agree with the Bible, but the head will reason. And the Bible said we got to cast down reasoning. You can't go with your mind, that's the devil worse than that. You've got to go with your heart. So her mind would tell her, now, it's reasonable. If these women can do that, why can't I? They're called Christians, they have good standing in the church, they have good standing in the community. So why can't I, am a Christian like they are? And if they can do that, then it's reasonable, and I should do it too, because I'll be one of them. If I don't, they'll think I'm an old fogey, and I don't, I won't do this, I'm better than they are. See, that's reasoning. It'll get them bad every time, no matter what your intellectual... Knowledge tells you, don't you believe it if it's contrary to the word of God. Take thus saith the Lord first. Amen. Stay right with that. Amen. And your soul will always agree with that word. That's right. When you see these preachers and things and says the days of miracles is past and all this is nonsense, just remember, he doesn't know God. Amen. That's one sure thing. For God will always agree with his own word. Certainly he will. And there's no Holy Spirit there, it's all intellectual. He might be as polished, as thin as a gun barrel, but that don't make him right with God. Right. Never come into this place we're going to talk of it in a few minutes. But then, her pastor come down there. And he seemed to think she was all right. So our brother was drove from the house, went well, on, her thinking she was right, went on, she had an intellectual faith. She said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, I've accepted him years ago. My personal Savior, he said, I play in the church, I have my places in society, and I'm just as good as anybody else. And my pastor, brother there, said, what about this common law husband? He said, the same door is open that you come in at. And he left. And he said, I want to bring Brother Branham over, sir. I don't want to see him. So he went on back for anything he could do. And Brother said to me, he said, what about that, Brother Branham? I said, watch her at the end. Be sure that you're standing here when her time comes to leave here. As she went on for a few months, kept getting worse, they finally hospitalized her. And one day, when all of them were standing around, and she was going out to meet God, all at once when this intellectual begins to break in here, remember your mind is controlled by your brain and your nerves and blood, and never those human elements fail to function this brain here, the intellectuals begin to break. And when it begin to break, she realizes soul and sin, disbelievers, cast off to on one side, begin to catch up with her. And when she seen that coming up, she said, Oh, I'm lost. And the pastor said, Now, here, here, you're getting beside yourself. She said, Don't you speak to me. You're lost. She said, I'm lost. And they went and got the doctor, said she's beside herself, give her a high pull. They shot a high pole. Where she kept screaming, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm going to hell. And they said, Give her another. And they kept giving her a high pole until so finally her breath faded out, screaming, I'm lost, I'm lost. The high pole stopped this confession with these lips when the intellectual was breaking, but that toll that has sinned before God, she'll have to live with it throughout all ages to come. Don't be tossed about wherever we're in the doctrine. Believe God's word. Get stable. Get set. How you do it, brother? Ben? Here it is. There's many. Remember, in the Old Testament, down the outer courts, the manna fell on the ground, and the thing of it was, God told Moses to pick up uh, this golden omer and make it full of manna and put it in behind the holy place by the ark. It stayed fresh continually year in and out. But that that fell on the ground withered away, the people would go and get it, and they would eat of it. But they found out that before the day was passed, many of them become weary. Many of them would get hungry again, because the manna only lasted so long. How many times do I find that? That people now in this day... What is that manna type of Now, I'm going to rub just a little bit, and I hope you love me the same. But I'm only trying to get something to you, I
2: hope you see
1: it. Notice, that manna was a type of the Holy Spirit. God provided manna for the entire journey, coming down from heaven with Christ, coming down from heaven and dying to make life for the world. And uh, honey—little honeycombs is what it was It's come down from heaven. They picked it up and made bread out of it. But the bread only lasted so long. And as we got up long in the day the sun come up, it perished. But that that was in the holiest of holies perished not. It stayed good all the time. Remember, many people today— Claiming the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which they do have. But it's your position, where you're keeping yourself, It's what's causing your meal cramps that you're getting. That's right. Many people, you find them a man is out here justified, come in and believe on the Lord. Sure. Only the Holy Spirit alone can bring conviction. Any man Justification is the work of the Holy Spirit. But it depends on where you're eating, where you're getting your supply from. People today, even regenerated people many times, go to God, and they love God, and they praise God, and they go to the service, and they enjoy the service. And when they leave the service, the next morning they're just as lean as they was when they went in that night. Many old experiences of divine healing come and watch the Holy Spirit move and do signs and wonders, and they sit and marvel at it and eat the good things of God. And the next morning in the presence of of some official or something, they would deny the very existence of it. And they're afraid to testify of it. Because it's where they are living. It's where they're eating their manna. Now the Bible said that he would give us a new heart, and he would give us a new spirit. And many people, even Pentecostal people, and full gospel people, have been deceived in that. Many times God said, I'll give you a new spirit. That wasn't his spirit. That's your spirit. Then I will put my spirit in you. I'll give you a new spirit. Then I'll put my spirit in you. And many times you get the new Spirit and think you've got the Holy Spirit. And trusting up on emotions and signs and things when your life doesn't pivot up to that. Now that's just a little wrong. But remember, it's the truth. Many people, that Spirit, that new Spirit, God had to give you a new Spirit to get along with His Spirit. Well, some people are so mean they can't even get along with themselves. Let alone with God if He'd come in. That's right. So doubtful and up and down, God has to give you a new spirit, give you a new nature so you can get along with His spirit when He comes. Amen! I hope you see it! God gives you a new spirit for yourself, and then puts His Holy Spirit in there. Amen! To dwell with you and abide with you. Notice, the same manner that was eat out in the course was eaten in also in the holies of holies. But this man out here give out quickly. You've met people like that would eat out there and say, Well, Brother Bram, I had the same thing. I did this and I did that just like they did. But I meet that woman. She's always on the housetop. He's never aware of her mind. I meet that man wherever he is. He's got a big smile on his face and saying, Praise the Lord. How are you feeling? Wonderful. And every time he gets sick, the preacher comes pray for him. Brother, he's out and gone the next day. He's just wonderful. I just can't hold my blessing somehow. It's the place you're abiding at. It's where you're at. Oh, I, I want you to get this close. Remember that uh, many times on the campground, these blessings run out. You're eating the manner, the correct manner. but you haven't consecrated your life yet, and went into a place. Like Aaron, behind the Holy of Holies, when he was in there, nothing, he didn't hear the world no more. And what men and women need today, after you've been brought into the kingdom of God, is a hidden life. Men and women who will get with Christ in the curtains drop around, and you're, you don't care what the world says, you don't care what people say, you're living in there with Christ for the manna you're eating from the golden pot of manna every day, day and night, all the time, living on the mountain hung underneath the cloudless sky. When Aaron walked in there, the curtains fell behind him. He was all surrounded in a place to himself with God alone. Hallelujah. That's the place that every born again man and woman ought to be abiding today in the presence of God with the rest of the world shut
2: off
1: from around Hallelujah. Amen. That's what the church needs today is a hidden consecrated life. You're thinking dibble waddling along with the world and impersonating and acting like them, and hid with Christ because you're trying to fashion after the world. You're trying to live like the next church. You're trying to belong to a better organization. Wear a better clothes. Do so-and-so. That's about comply with Christianity. Christianity is a sacrifice, life, hidden life with God through Christ, healed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. That's what the real Christian life consists of. Not of how well you can do this or how well you can sing, that's all right, how well you can preach that fine. but that isn't it. It's a hidden life. Consecrated. The veiled curtains dropped around you. And you're dead and you're buried and you're hidden God through Christ and sealed in there by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. They will take it to you. He can't do it. He'd have to come through the same process you did. If he did that, he'd be your brother. So he can't get to you. Amen. He can't come through that. Oh, but you say, Brother Branham, I receive the Holy Ghost, yeah, you eat, I eat the good things of God, yeah, but you're in the courts, out yonder. That's the reason you don't hold on. That's the reason this year you're doing pretty good, next year you're back in the world and this, uh, this revival, you're doing fine while the revival's gone. When the revival's gone, then you're gone somewhere else and out with the world. You say, Oh, well, i received the Holy Ghost. I spoke with tongues. i shouted. That's all alright. I have nothing to say about that. But why don't it hold out? <laughs> That's it. That's what the world's looking at. That's what the people are saying. If you're professing this great high calling, then why aren't you living like that? You know, the best thing is to live a sermon instead of preach one. You know that. You're a written epistle. And you can't do it in yourself. You can impersonate it for a little while, but your sins will find out. You better just consecrate yourself to God and get on the inside. Shut the doors behind you and burn every barrier there is behind you, never bridge, and launch out. Amen. I know it's the truth. I know it'll work. If it hadn't been for that, I don't know what would become of me. Right, But it ain't ain't the people that you look at then, it's Christ! Notice, in the same place there, they brought Aaron's rod. And they laid it in there one night. And think, that same rod, what did it do? It budded, it blossomed, and yielded almonds the same night. What was it? It must have been an almond tree. Staff and rod must come off of an almond tree, and there's a many almond tree. Staff right here in Minneapolis tonight. But the only thing it is, you're as long as you're outside of this hidden life, you'll never be able to be refreshed and bring forth the fruits that God intended you to do until you come into the presence of God. Look at it, the burden, The first thing we find out what makes. But it's a refreshment. What makes the refreshing? Early in the morning, you go out of an early morning, and you find out at the night, everything gets still, and then the dew falls, and it brings a a refreshing. The trouble of it is today that people don't have time to get before God and get still. They got so many things to do. They belong to this. They got to do this. They got to have this. They got to go there. You don't have time. The devil to suck up all your time. You don't have time to get still before God. Get quiet. Remember, after all you're nature, and after all nature gets quiet and still, then the dew begins to fall. That refreshes and brings forth life. And you are nature yourself. And when you get quiet and still before God, then the dew of heaven begins to fall, and begins to refresh. Did you ever go out in the morning, after the night, of passed early in the morning? Also it's blossoms to give fragrance. And did you ever go early in the morning, too, to find the fragrance? You find out that early in the morning when you get out, the dew is hanging low, the trees are budding, the blossoms are coming out, and the perfume is going along the road and smell the honeysuckles into the rose garden early in the morning. That's why it's been quiet, nature has, through the night. It got quiet, and God bathed with refreshing. That's what you need to do: is get away and get quiet before God, so He can bathe you with the refreshments from heaven. Amen. Get all to yourself. Close the doors. Pull them together. Say hey, now, Lord, here I am in Your presence. Notice also, as it was refreshed, as it yielded, these blossoms it also yielded fruit. There's many people who've been Christians for years and never won another soul to Christ. They never give it public testimony of their salvation in churches. Before people are on the streets, they'll never testify to a sinner, woman or man, in their work or somewhere. They can't yield fruit. Why? They can't get quiet long enough. You got so many things to do. Here long our I was talking to your neighbor, a man over here in your neighboring state. He said, "Well, he said, preacher Branham, I want to tell you something." He said, uh, "We, my people, settled here years ago. He said we're all hog raisers." He said. Uh, uh, my grandfather uh, raised this herd of hogs, and he educated my father, and then my father, when he died, he, we inherited and I got the hogs, and I'm educating my children, and all I got with hogs, hogs is all I can hear. And I said, that's good, fella. I said, I preach that. So we pay all the bills for these hogs. You just keep bringing more hogs and selling them off and bringing them off, keeping the young herd. I said, that's fine. But did you ever stop to think? That God put you here for something besides raising hogs? Oh. as legitimate as it might be, God put you here to be sons and daughters of God. Amen. Not just to raise hogs alone. God didn't put you here to work in the factory just alone, He put you here as a testimony, a written epistle, read by man to live an honorable and decent life, and uh, he had consecrated life with God so that man would know that Jesus Christ still lives and reigns. Amen. That's a little pinchy, but it's good. It helps your, your digesting orders, you know, to take the food right. Amen. It takes you into a place where it, it, you can receive healing for both soul and body. Notice also there's another thing uh, you'll have to look into this to see. After his rod, how it's bloomed out, how God vindicated there, that this old dead stick, just a stick out here in the court, sitting with the same man of there, but when it came in here and stayed twenty four hours, it was a yielded tree. Yielding fruit. After come out of that holy place, brethren, sisters, let me say this in the name of Christ. If you've never been in that place, come to him tonight. Get into that place. When you go home close the door, tell your husband not to bother you until tomorrow. Stay in there. Tell your wife the same thing. Say, if I'm not out of here in the morning, tell the boss I'm not coming to work today. And stay in the presence of Christ until something happens in your soul. That's what it is. You won't have these up-and-down experiences. Why? Wow. Out there they would eat the manna, and they'd get hungry before 10 o'clock was over, because it melted. The sun melted, it, and it went away. But these people in here were setting Aaron in there in the holy place, which we're priests of God now. And he's sitting there, could eat the manna every day, every night, all year long for the span of years, and it would never, never be contaminated. All day long he's eating from that manna. And that's a man or a woman who consecrates themselves and forsakes the things of the world and gives their life entirely over to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's eating all of the manna day and night. Whether the storms are flying outside or what. he's hid in Christ. Amen. They can give away any sickness in the house or his trouble on the line. Doesn't make a bit of difference. He's hid in Christ Jesus. I want you to notice another thing of the believer. Same manner, and notice on the outside, in the court, they were walking in light, but their light was sunlight, starlight, moonlight. Hardy days upset them. They didn't have any light to walk in. Nighttime, when the stars would come out, it was pitch dark, so they didn't have any light to walk in. Them there, that's the people who live out there. Yet they love the Lord. There's people sitting here listening to me tonight that loves the Lord, that's living out there in those courts, all speaking with tongues and shouting and having a good time, eating the man and the mid-meal cranks. just in a few days. You don't know what's going all about. I just can't hold on, Brother Branham. I don't know what's the matter. Well, you Step up a little closer! That's all you need to do. Say, so we start to live like Brother Peterson or somebody else? that you have for your example, oh they're always happy there, no matter what comes or goes, just a, a shining for God all the time. Wish I could do it. Well you can. You're in the same group, you're on the same journey. God by grace has saved you through Christ Jesus. But you just want to come in a little closer to him. Look at him. Now we find out if he walked in, it's looking like a rainy day we sure put his light out. Just a little Something happened over here when this happened, Well, maybe I was wrong to begin with, I tell you. I thought Christianity was right, and then he'll go on a few days and maybe backslide and go out. Directly a pass by and something will go his heart I wish I had another mouthful of that manna. Here he'll go in again. Well, I'll renew my vows to God, I'll come back to the church. That's just the way it goes. Then you find out he's in up and down, in and out, and up and down. Why It's because of the light that he's walking in. The rainy days comes and it just blocks him out, that's all. Then the next man, he lives on the altar. He just prays there in the night, but he don't get nowhere. You find them on the altar. He's got light, too. Now, he's inside the, the tent now, but he's on the altar. On the altar they had those seven lights, seven candlesticks, and they produced light. But many times we find it, and you people know yourself, your lamp smokes up. <laughs> That's right. They burn real low, and the grease almost goes out of the candle, and you know, you get them experiences. Don't you do it? Certainly. On the second place you did that also. But the man who entered in and the veil fell behind him, he didn't depend on the sunlight or the starlight or the moonlight or the seven golden candlesticks. He moved up to the altar, and under the interlocked wings of the turban, the Shekinah, glory of the Lord was in there, a smooth light, and he lived. It was there all the time, day and night, Watched in the light of the living God. Amen. Where the clouds was going on, where the rain was falling, where thunder was a roaring, whether an army was coming, it didn't mean a bit of difference to him. He was protected. He was in the Shekinah glory, living in the presence of God. Hallelujah. You think of a holy roller? Maybe I am. Let me tell you something better, if it takes a call for the holy roller to live in the Shekinah glory. Let me stay with God in the Shekinah glory. Call what you want. Amen. That's pretty strong for a isn't it, brother? But well, that's real preaching. That's real. What I know to be the truth. Amen. The preaching ain't yes. very good, but the truth is the same. Yes. Amen. Come on the inside. Yes. Let the old howl and carry on. Let the preacher fail. Let everything else fail. That don't stop you a bit. Yes. Amen. We're living by the power man. When you need any time to get hungry. You don't have to worry about whether this is going to happen or that's going to happen. You're living in the Shekinah glory, that real beautiful uh, amber light that hung under the rock wings of the cherubin chair. And he walked in that light. The whole thing was lit up. He was light all the time. And a man or woman is living in the holiest of holies, with God is living in the grace and power and the resurrection of Christ, day and night, all the time. Hey man, don't you want to live there? Yeah. That's the place. That's the place. That's where the outside world, you don't even hear it. Oh, the curtains have been dropped around. Somebody say, You know what Mrs. Jones did so and so? You don't even hear it. <laughs> you know the pastor done, Oh, I don't even hear it. <laughs> oh, my. What the pastor done, that's up to him. What Ms. Jones done, that's up to her. So I do up to me in Christ, hallelujah, I live here in His presence. I'm the veil, hallelujah to His name. I'm on the altar sanctified, hallelujah to His name. You've heard that old song, while I'm living in the presence of the King. Oh, my. Come inside, get in the presence of the King, live there day and night. He don't want you to wander around and be tossed about. You're just satisfied with eating manna, coming to the church and getting a little, oh, I want it day and night. You know, there might be a time where I have to eat it real quick, so I, I want to stay close to it. <laughs> Amen! That's what you can do if you want to. It's yours by asking. that like a of bloody mess of God. Is that right? God is willing, not willing, that any should perish all might come to repentance. He wants you to live a full consecrated life. When those disciples, not ten days, after he's given the blessing, and said, Now go out and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, free as you receive, freely to give. Away they went with this new glory, and they were just having a big time. And they come up against a little failure. There was a boy who had epilepsy, and they couldn't heal him. So the man come to Jesus and said, Lord, I brought him to your disciples. Just a few days before that, give him power to send him out to do it. Here, it failed. He said, "Oh, faithless generation, how long will I suffer you? Bring him here to me. And he cast the clean, unclean spirit out of the boy. Disciples come and said, why couldn't we do it? said, because of your unbelief. One night up on the sea, when the little boat was tossed about, and all hopes was gone, they thought they were going to perish, and they went walking up, said, Thou carest not that we perish? He said, O oh, ye little little faith, that is put on the plate of the boat and said, Peace be still. And the disciples said, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the waves obey Him? What's the matter with the church of the living God today, who's promised that same blessing? What's the matter with us today? Because we can't get enough together to group ourselves together to come into the holiest of holiness and there stand higher hell from the things of the world and live a full, committed, consecrated life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what it is coming into the glorious life of the gospel. And in doing so, you receive it. How many of you here say, Brother Brad, I'd like to live that life? Let's see your hand. Just touch I'd like to live that life. God bless you. Is there a sinner in here? Say, i have never did accept any of it, Brother Brad. I'd like to even taste the manna tonight. Let me see your hand. Say, I'd just like to taste the manna. God bless you, lady. Someone else say, I'd just like to taste the manna. I've never even been saved yet. For what you're talking about, I'd like to live that kind of life. Oh, I'm so talked about. I got so many cares and weary. I, I just seem like I can't get along. I want to give you that. Whosoever will, let him come and drink at the fountain. You know the reason I ask? You know why you raise your hand? Anybody else wants to raise your hand? I want to tell you something. If God's speaking to you, raise your hand. I'll tell you why He's talking to you. It's a point that I want to make. Another sinner raise your hand and said, Brother Branham, I would sure like to be there. I'd like to eat that, man. and just see what the goodness of the Lord is. Oh, I know I belong to church. I went there a long time. But as far as being saved, I never have. i just, I, I'm not fooling myself, i got to live with myself. I have a little confession, oh, I said I believe Jesus, Son of God, but I know devils say the same thing. Devils beg for mercy, beg for peace, beg not to be punished, and recognize him and confess before the crowd that he was the Son of the living God. Right? I don't save you. Yes. No, sir. The application of the blood of Jesus to your heart, what saves you? Truly it is. Is there another hand that would go up and say, It's me, Brother Branham? I'd like to have that line. You know the reason the lady raised her hand? Because God was dealing with her, that's right. As, no man can come to me except the Father draws him first. Is that right? You can't do it? Do you know we hate to say this in the platform, but that is a Bible truth. There's man that's in this world and women who will never, no matter what the Holy Spirit would do. They'll never, never, never accept the Lord Jesus. They were born for that purpose. Not God not willing, but if foreknowledge foreknew it. That's right. The Bible said so. That thing. going it is. Think what if your heart was far enough away from God, so you didn't even have a desire to do what was right. Then you're in a bad state. See, you can grieve his spirit too many times. He will go away and you never have no more desire in a moment. God keeps talking to you, you say, well, I really ought to, the next revival, I'll straighten up. Before I die, I'll make it right. I I intend to really be filled with the Holy Ghost before I die. I I want to be living a sweet, consecrated life, hid away with God. And when he knocks at my heart's door, I want to be just ready to open my arms and say, yes, Lord Jesus. Well, why don't you do it now? You know, at that time, you might not be able to do it. Uh, I'm 46 years old. Now, I've seen I've been in the ministry 23 years, and I've seen some horrible sights. And many times over the world, to watch and see people dying in all kind of a state. Now I've watched them who thought they were real, genuine Christians, but when it come time to die, oh my, the camera turned and they've seen them things coming up that they had they had a form of godliness and denied the power and got away from God. They haven't lived that life at all, and they scream and holler and high-poles can't stop us. right. So be sure, friends, don't play with this. This is the gospel. See? Don't just say, well, I have been like joined church. There's thousands of people joined churches. that will never be in heaven. I preached here some time ago on the disappointments of the judgment. I said the bootlegger the gambler, and the gambler and the prostitute and so forth, they won't be surprised. They know what's coming to them. But what's going to be the is those fellows who think he's right and not. That's when you see your name is not in the book, that's when it's going to be hard. When you think that you are a Christian, when you are not, there is a way that seemeth right. You believe intellectually that you are right. You've done the things that you thought was right. You've been good. You've been kind. Naaman was the same time Many others of the Scripture we could call now. If That isn't it, What I'm trying to say to the church of today, instead of walling around out there and And justification and laying you on the altar, they ought to be in your consecrated. The time of miracles is at hand. The time of healings, the time of great things is at hand. But where is the church to receive it? See what I mean? We we play with it, we tamper with it, and just paddy around with it, and never get right into it. Oh, brother, real predominating faith walks right in and takes its place. Right? And if your heart isn't tender before the Lord, if there isn't something in your heart that just satisfies day and night, no matter what comes or goes, as Paul said, I'm now ready to be offered up. I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept the faith. And there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me that day, and not me only, but all those who love His appearing. Do you ever think of that love, His appearing? The world is so dead and something to you anymore, so you just simply can't have any pleasure here. Nothing of just winning souls to Christ is all you can get pleasure out of. Did you know the marking angel that was sent forth to seal with the Holy Ghost only sealed those who sighed and cried for the abominations done in the city? Ezekiel 9. Have you ever read it? Not those who shouted and danced, those who sighed and cried. For the abominations did in the city. Only ones that was sealed. I won't ask you a question. How many members of your family? How many members of your church tonight? If that angel passed by and seen those people so consecrated to God that the lost souls was on their hearts day and night, they just cried inside for the abominations done in Minneapolis here. How many would he feel tonight? Just well, think of it just a moment. See? It's a great thing to think of. And remember, that's the word of the law. And it's upon my heart as I've went across those places in the world and watched people when the anointing comes with a discernment and it's breaking right forth on me right now. I'm not a fanatic. That's right. No God forbid. Now never take a little gift like that and try to exercise it in any way, only to the glory of God and knowing what I'm speaking of and know where I stand tonight in the presence of God. Knowing just that I've seen people who absolutely went about, talked about, thought they were right, in the see the church in a place where just emotionally and maybe in another, state of educated church that just think, well, we've got the word, the letter killeth, it, it's the spirit that give us life. No matter how straight and orthodox you may be, if you've never been in that presence, to refresh your soul before God, you don't know what real victory it is. Right. Brother, sister, don't let it catch you like that. Don't let it catch you like that, because if it does, you know what will be your doom. So tonight, while we are together, while we are in His presence, let us just stand now and offer a prayer to God. That one sister over there who raised her hand as she was a sinner and wanted to be remembered in prayer, sister, would you stand with the rest of them there? And I pray that God will forgive you of every sin. And just bow your head over there and ask God to forgive you, and he'll take you right into his kingdom tonight. For look this, sister. No one, no one could ever come to God without first he calling. Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father calls him first. And all that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. I give him everlasting life. He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life. That isn't having the knowledge of, that's believeth from the heart. Has everlasting life and shall never come into judgment but pass from death to life. Because God promised it to you. You others here that want to consecrate your lives tonight to God, let's pray this, every one of us. Pray this prayer. You silently, while I pray it audibly, I want you to pray this prayer. Oh God. My, Let the pianist come to sing. Would you give us the chord, My Faith Looks Up to Thee, with your sister? How many knows the song? Let's sing that first before we pray. My Faith Looks Up to Thee, Thou Lamb of Calvary, Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray. Take all my guilt away, and let me from this day be wholly thine. Will you sing it with me all together now with our heads up? My Faith Looks Up. Continue playing in the next verse, too. I want you to do something for me. Reach right over to your right to the person standing next to you. Take a hold of her hand. Say, Brother and sister, pray for me now that God will take me right now. And I'm going to pray for you. Just say that to your neighbor standing right next to you. Brother and sister, pray for me that God will take me right into the kind of glory right now. God bless you. I really need it from your heart now. Pray for me. Here's my hand, brothers. Pray for me. I want to come into the Shekinah glory. We're going to have healing services in a few nights. And when we do, we want these things. Everybody, will you be in the glory, it's the Shekinah of glory? Man. Take me in, all oh, Heavenly Father. We're taking a hold of each other's hands tonight. Take our heart, Lord. Make it anew. Break up the stony part, Lord. Pick us up out of the courts out there, Lord. Bring us up with these. Lift us a little higher. Bring us into your presence, Lord, Where the of glory will be shining all around us, and we'll walk in that light. Grant us, Heavenly Father, this is our plea, this is our prayer one for the other, that your spirit will move upon us and grant these things. O oh, eternal God, author of life, grant it through Jesus' name. May it be that everyone here, Father, will now receive Christ as their personal leader, police lead the vacant eating of the man. But Father, we pray that you'll bring in you any more that. Will never give out. May this glory that's now falling over the building, may it dwell over every heart richly until death shall set us free and take us from this glorious standing into His presence. Grant it, Lord, may your spirit richly abide now in every heart where God's glory.